Hey guys, welcome to Spirit Pig. This is the show that explores how to live a fulfilled life. I'm Duncan CJ, and today I'm talking with Idriaz Zogai. Idriaz is a memory athlete and brain personal trainer who was Sweden's best memory for five consecutive years and has recently captained the Swedish national team to a memory world championship gold medal in 2014. He was the first Swedish person to memorize more than 1,000 binary numbers. So that's like 1001111100 in 30 minutes. And was the first Swede to memorize an entire deck of cards in five minutes, then the first to do it in four minutes, and then the first to do it in just three minutes. Uh, He's the founder and chairman of the Swedish Memory Association and has trained anyone from three-year-olds up to 93-year-olds, top executives to world-class and elite athletes. So when it comes to memory, we'd struggle to find a better source to talk to. So Idraz, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be here. Yeah. One thing, um, and I didn't even mention the introduction. You know, you, your your TED talk is like, yeah, one of the one of the the top watched of all time. I think it was it's just broken the three million mark, um, and yeah. yeah, it's it's obviously you know it's obviously a yeah a topic which has uh, increased a lot of public interest and awareness. Um, and one thing that comes from learning about um, watching your talk and then learning a bit about some of the techniques. One thing that jumped out was incredible memory is not about having some innate God-given ability, but actually normal people with normal, or even in some circumstances, people who describe themselves as having like really poor memories can actually become exceptional. Isn't that right? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's the thing. That's the, big, the biggest thing about when people enter memory sport is that uh, the big no- biggest knowledge they get and this biggest aha experience is the first few minutes when you tell them, this is how you do it. And then they try to put something in their brain with these techniques and they're just like, whoa, they get all stunned. Like, oh, is it this easy and is it this good? So everyone has the ability. It's just about applying the techniques and using your brain in a more complete way. It's the only thing. Then from there to becoming an elite athlete or so, it's, it's training. And I think one thing that was interesting was um, sort of, Rather than like sort of beating ourselves up or, you know, thinking, oh, I'm such an idiot, like forgetting things is completely natural, normal. Like if we have a normal functioning brain, then it sorts out information that isn't important. But what we can do is actually tell our brain what is important and what's not. So it can like file it correctly. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, imagine if you have a bicycle and you park it, you've had it for five years, you park it somewhere every day and then if you remembered everything equally well, where you parked the bar, parked the bike, and if I tell you to go and fetch it, you will think from now on five years back in an equal uh, memorable level where the bike is, and you will not be able to get it. So the brain has this natural ability to forget. Uh, so that's just completely natural. But when you use memory techniques, and what you find out is that if I'm going, if I want to remember something really good, and if I want to make it a part of me, like the language you speak or solving something like Rubik's Cube or whatever, if you repeat it enough, you will know it, riding a bike, etc. You train by repeating. But when you use memory techniques, you actually learn that I can do these repetitions uh, fairly, fairly like, on a spaced time, like uh, after one hour, after one day, after one week, and I will know for sure that I haven't forgotten the information because I have used memory techniques and I know the information is in my brain. That is the biggest difference. And two, two sort of the but, main, two of the big keys 
are having fun and letting the brain make strong connections. What, why, why are both these things so important? Because um, when you're having fun, you're actually adding emotions to your memories. And adding emotions to your memories means that uh, they become more memorable. It's a part of the brain called amygdala that is, uh, uh, gets activated. It's the same part that if you are in an accident or something, then you can tell many details that you normally don't be, are not able to tell because your amygdala uh, rushes uh, like inform the information into your brain, releasing uh, hormones, etc., so that you remember it better. And we take control of this because it works for pos positive memories as well. And actually, it works better for po positive memories. So when you have fun, you activate. Uh, that part of the brain, which makes the memories, the stories, a little bit even much easier to remember. So that's why. Yeah. No. You, you gave me an assignment when, when, when I contacted you uh, about a month ago or so. You gave me an assignment to uh, sort of download your app and actually have a practice yeah. playing <laughs> playing the game Chain Play. What what is what, what's Chain Play and what, what what was that sort of game all about? Well, uh, chain Play is. Um, when we compete, we have uh, one of the events we're competing is called spoken numbers, or as my daughter said, spooky numbers. <laughs> it's, re it's really scary because you hear the numbers with one second's interval, three, six, eight, eight, nine, and you're supposed to remember them. You only hear them once, and the current world record is 424. There's like six, seven minutes of listening, and you're going to remember the first digit because it's sudden death. So you have to write them all in right order. The first mistakes means that we don't count the rest. So if you have a mistake of number 11, you get only 10 correct. So this guy did 424 correct. And my game, Chain Play, is based on the same way, that you see the images falling from the top of the screen to the bottom, and you're supposed to remember them. And I have made only, only like 60 images. But it's inspired by that. And I know, as a memory athlete... I know that it is possible. If uh, I would have been a brain scientist, I would have said, no, 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 this is impossible. No one can do this. But working as a memory athlete, I know that this is, is possible. You just have to use the techniques. And the first thing you can do is make a story between the images, and that will make it easier. But then you're working mostly with your working memory. Uh, if you add uh, another thing, which is to uh, divide the information and put it on locations, the memory palace technique, uh, then you will be able to do all 60 with a little bit of practice. Can, can you give us an example of um, sort of uh, like something, I don't know, like um, I'm putting you on the spot. So like, but is there like a sort of something, because the best way is to almost so to do it. So people, everyone's sitting at home listening to this. Is there sort of like an example, a game that we can sort of do now just to give an ex ex like a practical example? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Let me see here. Uh, if um, if I take, uh, can you see this or let's see? Ah, okay. Because is, is it possible to see or? Uh, I, I can. Yeah, I can see it. Some people, some yeah. people at home will might be listening to the audio only, but um, so okay, we might yeah. just talk them through but it. What we'll see, yeah, what we'll see here is that if I take three images falling through, you can just take uh, three is enough. So you will see images falling from top. Now, here's an uh, airplane, a shirt, and a giraffe. Okay. So what we, you would do is, like, imagine the airplane on your head, flying around, your hair is flying. The shirt, someone has uh, put it in front of your eyes, so you, oh, you can't see. And then you realize, oh, you're sitting on a giraffe. So from top to bottom, you have placed three images. So you go to your head. Ah, oh, you see the, 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 the flying, yeah, the airplane. 
I couldn't see because of the shirt. Yeah, I was sitting on a giraffe, etc. So this is a locking method when you place the information on different places. And then, of course, you can group the information. You can make a story of these three and put them on one place. And then you're working with both your short-term memory and your long-term memory. And now we just took three images. But if imagine if you had, if we had 60 images and you grouped them three and three, then you will start with your head, put three images there, go to your shoulders maybe, put three images there, go to your belly, three images there, etc. And then you are activating another part of the brain, which is called the hippocampus, which is the, the part of the brain involved in uh, uh, knowing places. Because it happens a lot that people come to me and they say, it was, I have a terribly bad memory. And I always tell them, you, no, you don't. Because if you had a really, really bad memory, like physiologically bad memory, you would not be able to walk up to me and tell me what you just did. And another way of illustrating this is that if you and I like close our eyes and we think, okay, where am I sitting now? And I want to go uh, to the shop. Then I can, with my eyes closed, I can imagine, okay, I'm in the kitchen. So I walk out in the hallway. I have the door to the right. I walk down the stairs and I can walk in my mind all the way to the shop. And I can even walk around in the shop and know where are the groceries, where are the ice cream, where are whatever. Mm. So you have tremendously amount of information in your brain without even knowing it. And most, like 99% of the population can do this. There are people who cannot visualize. Uh, there is a newly found uh, syndrome that you, you cannot actually close your eyes and visualize. And it's around 2% of the people that can't do that. They would have difficulty doing this exercise. But the rest can do this. So no one has a bad memory. And what we memory athletes are doing is that we are using these things we already know. So, okay, I can walk to the shop. Imagine now on the way, on different places, like a bus, I make stops. And on each place, I put some information. So on the kitchen table, I put milk. I spill a lot of milk. Okay, I'm going to buy milk. The whole way, I see a lot of apples bouncing. Okay, I'm going to buy apples, etc. So I do a long story like this. And I put information in each place. And then when I go to the shop, I know, okay, I'm going to buy milk. I'm going to buy apples, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In our case, when we compete, what we do is like, imagine milk is associated with a digit uh, 20. Or apples is associated with the digit 50. So then I have 20, 50, et cetera, et cetera. So we see images. And the reason we see images is because images are the absolutely strongest memory we can make that's natural for the brain that we want to see the information if, if the vis visual eyes the, creates the strongest memories so anything that is abstract if you can make an image of it you will remember it better and when we compete it's like we have made this set of images like zero zero to 99 we have fixed images that might sound strange but if you look at the alphabet you have a you have b you have c it's just lines if you look at the Chinese characters, it just lines. But every, I mean, if you see three lines like this in the straight, straight lines, you think, oh, what is this? But if you put them two, like a triangle and one in the middle, oh, it's the letter A. You get an association. Certainly it means something, but it's just three lines. That's... We do the same. We, we prepare numbers with the images. And then we do the same with the binary digits. We do the same with cards. Etc. Etc. So then we uh, all of a sudden we can compete, uh, and it's like the brains can all of a sudden start running, because what it comes about is, okay, how fast can I go from here to the shop on these stops and put information there? How fast can I put a pack of decks in my brain?
<laughs> like how fast can I run a mile? How fast can I, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it it's all becomes to comes to the like the running brain. How fast can my brain run? And then you can get up to thousand binary digits, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And actually, I mean, you mentioned me being a really good memory athlete, but I'm good. But in terms of the memory world and how good people are today, I'm eh, not so good. And my <laughs> biggest my biggest contribution is actually to 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 in, to find people in Sweden that are really really good and train them and help them to to become like now we're the best in the world etc because the current swedish record for memorizing binary digits is 3843 oh my god <laughs> so it's like how can this guy memorize like almost four times more than me well you and i can run uh, 10 kilometers let's say in 40 minutes which is really good but how does someone run it in 26 minutes which is around the world record I mean, I run a lot, but I, I, I can't imagine how a person can go on for 10 kilometers running that fast. But apparently they can. And we have the same thing. We see the same thing in the brain. More and more people competing, we see that the brain can actually be this good, uh, which is very, very interesting to see, that we, we are continu continuously expanding the limits of how much information, how fast the brain can run, which is very, very fun to follow and interesting. Oh, God, absolutely. And I mean, like you said, I mean, it would be completely, uh, just completely shattering all sort of limiting beliefs or perceptions of what we can do and can't do in life. Like if this, what we think is like the ceiling, what we can do, and it's just consistently just getting broken and broken. I, I mean, yeah. in terms of like how we perceive like everything in life, like what else are we limiting ourselves in? Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, and that's the, the founder of the memory sports, Tony Buzan. He, this was his idea, that he was telling psychologists that we don't know anything about the brain. We don't know how good the brain actually is. And then he started to, the, the competitions in memory to challenge uh, people on just this. And in the beginning, I mean, remembering a, pack of, a deck of cards in five minutes was amazing. Today, people do it in, in under 30 seconds. So it's... It's amazing. It's crazy. And when you were saying about going to the shop, like um, one, one thing that just sort of jumped into my mind, because it's, you've got that journey and it's, you know, you're moving from your kitchen into your hallway, down the street, into the shop, because it's that sort of linear, kind of that, that sort of journey, then I guess you can do that backwards. You can do that. Exactly. Exactly. This is the funny thing. When, when you memorize a pack of cards, like, like uh, well, if you watch the TED Talk, etc., you can go backwards and forwards, but it, it's like an image. I mean, if you look at the painting, if you turn it upside down, it's still a painting. You can see it. You can imagine it. We can go backward, forward. It's, it's, there's no, no right or wrong. I mean, it's the same if, as you imagine a door. You can turn the door upside down. You can, etc. It's, it's just your imagination. And when, when you start to say, saying the cards backwards, people get, re people get really like, whoa, now you're... <laughs> but actually, just like, well, it's, it's built in the system that if I memorize it this way, it's... It's not more difficult going backwards than forwards. It's, it's just like that. So. It's, fascinating. it's fascinating. And so the history of training our memory, this goes all the way back to sort of ancient Greece, doesn't it? Yeah, the techniques are more than 2,000 years old, yes. Uh, so this memory palace is, uh, is actually that old because it's, it's a story where uh, uh, the Greeks, they, they, well, they competed in memory in a way because what they did, they, they told lyrics for hours. Uh, and the thing was, you were supposed to say it as nice as possible, like singing as beautiful as possible. So you told these stories for hours and you had to remember everything because you, 
you you were not allowed to have any paper if they even had paper, but they I think they had it at that time. So it's not, it's not a but they were not allowed to have it. So they had to do it from their memory, and they had to do it beautifully. So they used uh, locations to put the stories. I mean, imagine if milk was the first uh, chapter or first uh, three, two or three sentences that you were going to say something about milk. Uh, usually you are not, you don't want to say it literally. It's better if you can say it from by heart, but it has to have the essence. And then you go something about apples in the hallway. And then you tell something about apples and it's ex not exactly word by word, but you, you need to know it. And then you move on, et cetera, et cetera. If you have a presentation, for instance, each slide, you put each slide on a location, on a journey, and then you can repeat it in your mind. Okay, that was that, uh, that was over there, that was over there, etc. And this, so these techniques have been used for a very long time. It's just from from 1991 that we have started to compete in the, in memory, and then we use the same techniques, and then we have also seen how good you actually can become. Mm. In, in, in sort of today's world, where uh, everyone's sort of got a smartphone, you've got like Google search, you can, you know, you've got, you got something to quickly look it up. Do you feel that memory is just as important? If so, like why? Yeah, it is. And um, memory is as important because uh, many people say that we're getting lazy, we don't have to memorize anything, we can find it, etc. That's true, but you still have to remember where to find it. I mean, people, uh, it, it's shown in studies that people who are socially active, who have many, many friends, uh, they have a bigger, uh, they, they can see a part of the brain being slightly, slightly bigger. Uh, and uh, if they look at people who have a large social network only on the internet, they see the same effect. So in a way you can see uh, uh, the internet and like Facebook and other things, it's actually increasing our uh, brain volume because of we have to know, all of a sudden we have to know people that we even haven't met. And it's true for me. I have many memory athlete friends. I know who they are. For instance, one guy, Ron White in USA, who's a US champion, who's been US champion a couple of times. I've never met him, but we have communicated. I know who he is. I know what he does, etc. So that's a new memory that I have had to create. But facts, okay, I can look up facts. That's, that's I mean, so that is down, maybe a downside, but the positive sides are, are actually bigger. And actually, we are memorizing more due to this. So it's not true that the the internet, the smartphones makes our brain lazier. Because even me put phone numbers on the phone. Some numbers I memorize uh, and I haven't even written the name on them because I know it and others I just, okay, I write, I write down the number. And, and So many I remember I have to do that, but we, we can if we want to memorize it. Yeah. Of students like that's that's obviously a big one because I know you do a lot of work in sort of schools like even from you know just three four year olds all, all the way up but like students often like I, yeah, I can go speak from their personal experience like you know and often like so much you know stress and anxiety I remember once when it was like you know, at university I mean I was trying to do some like had like basically there just simply was not enough time there was like this huge vast amount of learning and I mean there was like days and it was just like I think that was like the first and only proper sort of like panic attack I've ever had in my life it was just like this horrid like overwhelm but like, how can this sort of type of learning and sort of change the way students in particular but I mean all of us that like, approach tests and exams and make that whole experience less stressful well I would uh, I have actually started to started to study psychology now just for fun um and uh, I use these techniques, but mainly I use uh, mind mapping. So I structure the information in a way so I can see everything in front of me. And then I can go through each uh, part of the brain of the mind map. And in my brain, I see these images vivid. I make the uh, associations, fun stories, etc. 
so that when I get part of the information, I, I get the rest. Uh, like in the other way of playing in my game when you connect two images together. So I use that very vividly and I try to, to, to like make basically everything alive. This is what children do naturally when they're th two, three years old, four years old. And that's, what, that's why they win in the memory game, in the classic memory game. Because when you turn two images, a car and an elephant, they see the car moving, etc. They see the elephant walking, and whereas a grown-up would just okay, an elephant, a car, and that's it. And that's why it makes it their their memories will become stronger, they're more active, and so so I try to imitate that. And then I can also, if I want, put everything on a journey. Uh, in the last, as the last part, uh, I use that. Uh, in, in, for the actual exam, then I put them on a journey. But first I use, I structure up my time, I read through the material, I make a mind map, drawings, pictures, etc. And then the last step is to memorize it and then repeat it, of course, uh, in, in your mind. Uh, but one thing that is, is a problem for everyone is that it's time. I mean, if you get an exam, if you have an exam tomorrow and you get a too large amount of information to store, mm. it's the same thing as I would tell you, okay, let's go back to this 10 kilometers uh, running. And I tell you, you're going to run 10 kilometers in 30 minutes. And you know it's impossible. You cannot do it. And if I, if I give you one day, then you would say, okay, I can do it. I can run in one day. I can walk. I can, et cetera. So if you get too much information to, to memorize or to, to have an exam on, maybe you cannot read that fast. Maybe you cannot. So you cannot process information fast enough. But the techniques helps you that when you process it, you know that you have it in your brain. That's the biggest difference. But if you don't have the time, then it's, it's a little bit uh, troublesome. Okay. So, so it's almost like rather than having to be like, just repeat, 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 repeat. You can almost do it, you know, obviously you repeat it a bit, but you can do it like less amount of time. You can maybe like learn the material once or like twice, but yeah. each, you know that when you learned it that time, you really learned it rather than just, just going over it and just hoping exactly. something is going to stick. Exactly. And one thing is not to study for too long. I mean, it's not... To study more than an hour without repeating is not uh, is not good. I mean, it's it's you should actually each fifteen minutes go back. Uh, okay, what did I read now? Okay, this and this and this and it, and the repetition goes quite fast. It's not like you have to study it again. You just go back and think. Okay, this was about uh, this part of the brain, and this was about this and this, etc. <laughs> and then you continue for another. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you go again for another 15, 20 minutes and repeat and so, etc. And after an hour, maybe you take a little pause. And do something else yeah uh, because it's it's like uh, running or whatever i mean you get tired after a while and if you stop and walk then you can run uh, more after that one thing i know that this helps increase um is it helps increase creativity um is that is yeah. that specific because of you know thinking abstractly abstract in abstract in pictures or does it help creativity in a different way well I mean, what we do is that we make new connections all the time. And creativity is about coming up with something new. And it's also proven that if, if you have a good memory in, uh, in a specific topic or, or anything uh, that you're studying or work with, etc., you have a deep knowledge of it. That's when you are able to be creative, when you also meet something else. And we do that uh, all the time, actively. So our brain is used to thinking we see two parts okay how can i connect these two and in an absurd way and then you can come up with things that maybe someone else wouldn't have thought of so yes it hel it helps create creativity training uh, but it's still um, 
it's still creativity is it's, it's a huge topic. Yeah, and it's, uh, a lot of uh, research in it shows that uh, you have to also have knowledge in in your field to be able to come up with something new, and that's why it's usually if you it's better to have two people with deep knowledge in their fields, and then they will come up with new ways of thinking. Like if you have a, 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 a mathematician, for instance, who's good at doing models and calculating, and you have a doctor, and the doctor says. Mm, okay, the heart works like this. It's like, oh, the mathematician said, I can make a model of that, and etc. And they could work together in a way that you, it would have been impossible for each of them to do that. But together they can come up with many new things. Awesome. What does a fulfilled life mean to you? A fulfilled life for me personally means having control of my time. That is, a, yeah, I can, I work with my, my own areas or, I have my own time schedule so that I can follow my dreams. That's basically, it comes down to having my own control of my own time. And would you, would you say all this memory training, that, that mastery of that equals, has that, has that allowed you to master and control your time in a big way? Yes, it has, uh, mainly because I today work with it. So it's my, it's my, my living. Uh, that's a big deal of it, of course, but also because I, I know that if I want to learn something new, I can do it. I know many things about myself that I didn't know before, and that also fulfilling on itself. But mainly because I, it's my work now, and everything becomes more fun. Of course, when you your hobby is also your work. So and actually, that that actually was definitely worth. When you mentioned, you know, I, I know I can learn anything new. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a couple of people listening to this thinking. I mean, sure, it's great learning binary numbers, but like, how does that apply to me? But I mean, this, this applies to any sort of skill. You could be learning a foreign yeah. language. You could be learning, exactly. you know, you got a new job and you immediately, you completely like get to grasp with like, you know, your new job. But, you, could, you could apply this to any type of learning, can't you? I've been, exactly. I've been in the memory sports since 2004. Uh, I was in a compete 2003, so I followed the field since about 2002, 2003. Uh, and the thing is that, what I've seen in the last couple of six, seven years, maybe, is that in every country, there's, there's starting these memory competitions at the Memory Sports Council, etc. And the best in each country, they start companies. And they don't start companies on brain training just for binary digits. They start for lang learning languages, like you have Memrise, if you heard of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a British guy called Ed Cook, who's a friend of mine, who's a competitor, very good one. Uh, etc etc you have uh, these things in australia memory people starting it south africa memory people starting it uh, there's a guy in norway who's um, who started to compete the same year as me odd bjorn who has uh, written a book uh, called memo and that is going very good and he's traveling all over the world uh, giving lectures and we've all done and i've done the same in sweden i've built up the swedish memory sports council today i lecture etc so we have all affected uh, the memory the the, the learning industry and the brain training industry. And it's not about playing cards or binary digits. It's about learning languages, learning things that work, etc., etc. But we know that if you train for competitions, abstract, if you train that, you will become automatically good at the rest. Because it's like asking an athlete from Olympics, can you run to the bus? Of course I can. Can you go grocery shopping easy? Of course I can. Because they are fit. And you would become, your brain would become fit and then you can do the learning easy. But it's, it's a bit tiring and it's a bit, it take, it's a lot time consuming just as being an athlete or trying to be an Olympic athlete, etc. It's the same thing. So 
uh, I, I can understand that people say, okay, why should I train like that? But the thing is that you will gain, you will know exactly how to study a language if you come, if you raise yourself to the level that you can compete, let's say in the World Member Championships, then you will know, okay, I know how to do this. You get it for free. What's one thing all our listeners can do today that will have a massive positive effect on their lives? It's to decide that I am in control of my memory, just as I am in control of my body. Because all these uh, that we do is active memory techniques. It's very, this word active is very important. That you decide that I have a good memory and I can put things in my memory. It's not just something that happens. It does just happen, but you can also be in control of it. And this distinguish uh, this thing that you, that you can actually do this is one key important thing to to knowing that uh, okay if I decide that I can do it and if you do that if you decide okay from today I'm going to remember better you will immediately even without knowing anything about memory techniques you will start thinking okay how can I remember this better how can I? you will be focused you will be interested and you will immediately raise your level. It's like a, yeah, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? I guess yeah. you've got to listen to the words you're saying. If you're just like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm crap at languages, I, I, I can't learn anything, or, you know, I'm, you know, I'm no good at this, then it's like, okay, sure. Then, you know, that becomes almost, so what, so just, just to change the script, change the story exactly. and say, you know what, I can, I, I've got a good memory. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And which book would you say has had the biggest positive impact on your life? Uh, well, uh, the one single book that changed my life is it's actually four, four parts, but it's uh, Dominic O'Brien, who uh, competed in memory. I was going to study languages, and then I found this book by accident. Uh, it was four pieces. I ordered the first one, and then I got hooked. And the last chapter in his book was about competing in memory. And that's led me into this, uh, all of it this competing etc so just uh, the book was called super memory power but it's quite an old uh, book so he's written many more since then so it's better to google dominic ryan and then you will find plenty of books of, on memory training but that's the one single book that has actually changed changed me completely because i trained and i just trained for fun because i didn't know what language to study and then i realized hold on he's recommending these levels to compete at the world memory championships and i already reached many of them it wasn't that difficult. So maybe I should start competing. I did. And then the training, after the training, I realized, oh, okay, I can, I'm, I'm getting pretty good at this. And my friends were like, oh, we didn't know you had this good memory. Well, I didn't either. And I don't. It's just like anyone else can do it. It's like going to, starting to run. And then people say, oh, how fast you are, because no one else is running. <laughs> it's just that. Everyone can, can run. So that's, that's the, the, the one single book that uh, changed my life completely. I love that. And last but not least, how can, author, I should say. <laughs> and how can people stay in touch? Where can we send them? How can people stay in touch with you and find out more about you and your work? Yeah, well, it's uh, on my webpage, uh, zogai.se, Z-O-G-A-J.se. And uh, also the Swedish Member Sports Council, but mainly through that. Uh, and uh, I'd love to, I mean, if people download the app and try it, it's Zogai Memo Gym. If they just look for Memo Gym, it's both Android and uh, iOS. And then they can do training. And through that also, of course, they can get in touch with me. I'm also involved in uh, Remente, remente.com, which is uh, like back to the mind. And it's there we have a, it's like a one-stop shop. We have much more than just memory training. You can put your memory training in a content. Uh, so, so that's, uh, and there we have uh, many other people involved there giving courses, etc. And uh, you can, it's about sleep, it's about uh, 
yeah, a lot of other things uh, in a broader span, which is which is good because just memory training for memory training sake is is good, but you can still think like mm, mm, why. But if you know that okay, I'm going to study train because I want to study better, or I want to remember things better, or I want to whatever, then it's it's much more in- motivating. Mm, absolutely, it's more meaningful. It's I've got a context that it's got aiming yeah. towards something. Exactly. Idraz, thank you so, so much. I've, I've personally learned a lot. I'm going to go back onto the app and um, I'm going to train. I think I think I was, uh, I think yeah, the best I did was eight. So I definitely need, I got a long way to okay. go. <laughs> but do, do make a journey of 10 places, 10 spots, yeah. and then put uh, one, two or three images on each spot. One, two, and uh, three. The, there's a secret way of playing. If you, if you go to the uh, um, information part and you press the logo, then you will see another way of playing, which is a, pack, a deck of cards. Try, try that. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to let you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Thank Good. you so much.